With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in once again to the place where sports opinions collide. Dead End Sports. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about the NFL. That's right, training camp has opened up for all 32 teams. The boys are back to work. And Dead End Sports has it covered for you. We're going to talk about the top five NFL quarterbacks right now. We're also going to talk about the Redskins. Should they change their name? We're also going to get into the discussion about Tony Dungy and some controversial statements he made about Michael Sam. We're also going to get into some NBA talk. Should the Cavaliers trade Andrew Wiggins for Kevin Love? Of course, I'm going to be joined by my partners. You know my boys from Dead End Hip Hop, BZ, Ken, and FIFO. So pass the word. Dead End Sports. It's about to go down. Right now. Locked in live to the best sports show, best sports talk show on the internet right now. Thank you for tuning in once again. You are locked in live to Dead End Sports, the place where sports opinions collide. The phone number to call in, area code 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. This is an interactive show. We ask that you not just listen to the show, be a part of the show, participate in tonight's discussion. There's a couple of ways you can do that. You can log into the chat room. The chat room is always open and interactive. <clears throat> just create a profile for yourself and participate in tonight's show. You can also hit us up on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, at Dead End Sports. If you're on Facebook, check out our Facebook page. Like the page, become a fan of the page, just go to facebook.com backslash dead end sports. Um, you can also hit us up if you're uh, on the web. Check out our website, deadendsports.com. Uh, remember, this show is being broadcast live each and every Tuesday night, so in the event you cannot listen to the show live, make sure that you check out the archives at blogtalkradio.com backslash dead end sports. Uh, you can also check us out on Stitcher if you have an iPhone or Android. Just go to your application store, download the Stitcher application for free. 
upload it and listen to Stitcher at your leisure. Dead End Sports. <clears throat> and you can also check us out on iTunes as well. Uh, if you have an iTunes account, uh, download it, subscribe to us, and leave us a review. Uh, you can also now, uh, we have a YouTube channel. Check out the Dead End Sports YouTube channel. Uh, last night we previewed a snippet of uh, an upcoming show, our first pilot show, the Dead End Sports pilot show. So make sure that you go to YouTube.com, um, search Dead End Sports, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Trust me, you don't want to miss what Dead End Sports has coming down the pipe. Again, the phone number to call in, area code 646-478-0356. A lot of sports to talk about. (laughs) Two hours really, really, really isn't enough. Um, Of course, I won't be doing it alone. I'm going to be joined by my co-host. So let's not keep them waiting. First and foremost, let's bring in the point guard of the crew, uh, my man FIFO. FIFO, what's good, man? Man, I'm just just towing in my jowdy. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, man? I thought about like putting that clip and um, and using it for the show, but I figured B might B might get off the show, man, if I played it. So I said I'm not gonna play it. <laughs> <laughs> and second, man, the, the Professor X of the crew, uh, you, <laughs> Mr. Angry Man, <laughs> my man Kid. Ken, what up, man? Hey, what's good, man? Uh, you know what? I, I think that's really an appropriate uh, uh, word to describe how I'm feeling right now because right now I'm thinking about how the hell we're going to power Bloss off radio because it's the second week and a half. They don't screw oh, us up. Man, the I, show, I'm, so, uh, that's where I'm at. Yeah, they, they, they owe us. And for those of you just tuning in, we had a little technical difficulty. It didn't take us this long this time to get get on the air, but um, <clears throat> it looks like everything's a go. We got people in the chat room. Uh, so hit us up, 646-478-0356. Uh, the beat maker, our boy BZ, is coming through. Uh, he is on the way, so he had to uh, <clears throat> step out for a second, and he will be back to join us momentarily. Again, the phone number to call in. Six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Man, um, where we just start? You know what? Hey, cut, cut the music. Ray, hey, Ray, cut the music off, man. You know what, fellas? I'm going to start this show with an apology. Um, I had my man Ray cut the music off because I, I I owe somebody an apology, man. And I'm not really big on apologies, but um, this 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 apology goes out to uh, Aubrey Graham. Um, you, some of you know him as Drake. I owe Drake an apology, man. When, when I heard that Drake was hosting the ESPYs, I crapped on it. I said, he's going to be terrible. He's going to suck. I don't know why they let Drake host the ESPYs. And I was pleasantly surprised with Drake, man. I mean, like, and, and I don't know why I didn't think he was capable of doing it because I saw him on Saturday Night Live, and he, you know, he did really well on Saturday Night Live. And then when I thought about it, man, I said, you know what? Of all the rappers out there right now, who could do this other than Drake? And I couldn't think of anybody. So, Aubrey Graham, Drake, Drizzy, whatever you go by, hey, man, 12 Kyle is offering you an official apology. It don't mean I'm going to listen to your songs, but (laughs) I'm offering an official apology because... I hated on on the idea of Drake hosting the ESPYs, man. So 
I, I, I gotta I gotta start the show off, man, by apologizing, man. Drake Drake really did a good job. What, did you guys get a chance to catch Espy's? And if so, what did you think about Drake's performance? Yeah, yeah. I, um, I go ahead, B. I mean, people. Yeah, uh, I, I I didn't I didn't catch I didn't watch the whole thing. Um, I saw you know some of his performances and the songs that he did, like the side chick one. That was hilarious. But no, yeah, that was I, I agree with you, Kyle. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, I agree with you, Kyle. Um, I don't know what other rapper could do it, and I don't know really too many other people that would pull it off better than Drake. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think he was one of the best hosts, and you know, it, it, it was funny. You know, and, and I think he got an opportunity to really show off his acting. You know, cause I, I really think he did a great job. Even musically, he was a lot better singer live than I thought he was. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. What, what about you, Kim? What did you think about Drake's performance? Uh, nothing really, because I, really, I didn't see it. But um, what I wanted to say was that, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't know why you didn't think he would do a good job. I mean, the- I don't know, man. I was just hating. I'm, I'm just, I'm just keep it real. I was hating. Yeah, man. Y'all, y'all need to start with the Drake slander, man. The guy, the guy, you know, he, he's talented in, in, in what he does, you know, and and uh, you know, it does look like it's, it's definitely a, a grab for views, but you know, I guess like he's he's proven, and I, you know, I've heard a number of people say he did a good job. I haven't watched it, but. A number mm-hmm. of people have said he, he did a really good job, but again, you know, I, I guess you know he—that's he, his background. That's what he comes from. So, you know, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it, it does make sense, man. So I, I, it, I had you to. Just, you just hate. You just hate to give it up, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I can hear you. You had that hot in your voice. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? And you know what was was funny, man. I, I was I, I was watching it, and I just got up because I went to New York last right. Well, I flew in, and then the ESPYS was on when I got me and my boy. We went to, as soon as we landed, I went to a sports bar, and it was on. And I was watching. And I was like, "Yo, he's really killing it." <laughs> and my boy was like, "Yeah, man, Drake's good." I was like, yeah, "Hold hold up, hold up, man. We're not gonna go this far." But um, yeah, man. You know, I give I give credit where credit's due. I'm not a hater 24/7. You know, I I can give props when props are due. So. You know, shout out to Drake. Shout out to Drizzy. Like, <laughs> excuse me. Like I said, I won't be buying the album, but um, yeah, he, he, he definitely did his thing. Uh, the phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Again, six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Hit us up if you want to talk about Drake or any other rappers uh, that you <laughs> that you think may have done better with the ESPYS. We're talking sports tonight, man. NBA, NFL, hot and heavy. Anything you want to talk about, uh, hit us up six four six. Four seven eight zero three five six. Um, I want to start with the NBA, man. Um, obviously, since you know last week we talked um, primarily most of the show about LeBron and uh, his trek back to uh, Cleveland, um, and of course since then, since last week's show, there's been a lot of talk and speculation about Kevin Love possibly, you know, going to. And I think when we talked about it before, um, the talk was. Initially, about whether or not the uh, <clears throat> excuse me, whether or not they could pull off the trade for Kevin Love without including first round number one pick, um, o- overall pick um, Andrew Wiggins. Um, the T Wolves have come out since and said, "Hey, if you want Love, you got to give up Wiggins." So that's one of the deals that's on the table. But we found out here recently that uh, as as late as early, you know, late this afternoon, that you know the Bulls may be in play for uh, Kevin Love as well. And um, they have some pieces that they may be able to move around. So, 
question is, I guess, and I'll start with you first, FIFO. Um, do you think Love is a better fit in with uh, Cleveland or, or uh, Chicago? Uh, honestly, I, I think um, Love is a better fit with the Cavs right now, mainly because with Chicago, I feel like if you make that trade, you're giving up too many pieces. And then too many pieces that are for right now. I feel like Kevin Love, his talents are spread out throughout the the depth of Chicago with, with the signing of, of a Meritick. Now you got a 6'11 guy, 6'10 guy that can stretch the floor and hit threes and, and, and kind of create a little bit off the dribble. Uh, mm-hmm. You also have Gasol now that even though, you know, he is soft because he's not confrontational or anything like that, but he plays his seven-foot stature. He gets about a block. He, he could get double-digit rebounds when you utilize him correctly, and he's an 18 guy. He's an 18-point-a-game guy, you know. Right. Um, and, and, and then if you need that toughness, you've got Todd, you know. And, and, and I think the way that the Bulls are presently constructed, I just think they're giving anything that they currently have for love because okay. they're going to almost have to be guaranteed. And I, I can't remember uh, where I saw it. It's either um, a, a YouTube show or or tennis sports, something like that, where I Jim by far the best fraud defender. You are, okay. No, if you're going to be in the East, you need a guy that can compete against LeBron. Obviously, you're not going to outplay him too many nights, but you need a guy that's going to make life difficult for him. And you already lost Luau. You can't lose Jimmy as well and think that you're going right. to be able to, you know, kind of put as much with either one of those guys. I think Kevin Love right now fits better with the Cavs mainly because he gives them a you know, uh, they, they, they don't really have a, a guy or a group of guys that can be beastly on the boards. You know, Anthony Bennett killed the league, but that's summer league. That's not the NBA. So you don't know. Um, and also, he'll probably be, be giving up in the Kevin Love trade. So, uh, but, you know, the spacing that Kevin Love gives the Cavs, you mm-hmm. know that that that's very important, um, and, and and just the overall talent level, uh, I think is more important for the Cavs right now than Chicago because Chicago, you know, when you look at it, they're kind of the Spurs of the East, you know, their depth, the interchangeability, um, you know. So I think they need love. I don't think they need love. Okay, okay. What about you, Ken? Um, love, excuse me. Um, love. Do you think love's a better fit? Uh, with the Cavs or with the Bulls? About uh, the Cavs, um, you know, the, the Bulls already got Gasol. That's why I don't, I'm not fully believing, you know, this story that came out. I mean, uh, I, you know, I, I don't get it. You know, I mean, if you can if you can go out and get talent, then, you know, I get that. You go, you go out and you get talent. But, you know, for them to say, hey, you know, after signing Gasol and you want to go out and get love, to me, that's not making much sense to me, so right. I, you know, so it, it just seems a little odd, um, unless they're part of somehow the the deal that the Cavs are trying to work out. I don't know. I just know I saw it um, before the show, and I was like, huh? You know, unless right. they're going to call and 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 you know and um, love and you know in the post together, and you know, like people said, I mean, and like we bought, you know, he, he love can come out. He doesn't have to you know, operate down low all the time. So he can definitely mm. create that space that Gasol would need to work with whenever he needs to go to work if they do decide to get it. 
But, you know, I think, you know, to get Here's the thing, man This whole situation with love is starting to really Just kind of get out of control Because the, the, the price That the Minnesota Timberwolves Are asking for this guy Is just flat out Ridiculous And the right. fact that the Cavs are even entertaining this Is flat out ridiculous I understand what LeBron wants LeBron gets but all they have to do is just wait a year. At least assess the team you have right now and see what they can do, you know, right now. Now, what that could do the back end of that is that, say, for instance, Anthony Bennett and Wiggins turn out to be, you know, don't have a good year. So all of a sudden their trade value diminishes. I get that. But the fact is, Love is going to be a free agent within a year. So, right. you know, so I don't understand. The, 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 the Wolves will end up losing – Nothing, and then you know, for any team to take on love would be kind of silly because you don't have a long-term commitment. So again, right. for him to go to the Bulls when they already have Gasol and they don't have a commitment from love, it doesn't make sense to me. I, you so, know, so okay. yeah, this I, is annoying. Answer this real quick. So, if, if you're Minnesota, are you trading love now, or are you going to wait to the deadline? You know, I, I'll, I'll kind of wait, man. I'll, I'll wait it out and see what I can get. If I can't get with you. But 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 but, like, but here's the thing though, Ken. Yeah. Why why are you gonna wait? Because by waiting, you you lose the leverage. Because at this point, teams can offer you whatever, and you know that you have a specific day that you need to trade him by. And if you don't true. trade him, he's not coming back. So you lose the leverage. I think right now is the best time to deal because, like you said. Trade values are at an all-time high. If they come out and they don't perform, then they may, you know what I'm saying, like now trades may, may or may not happen. I think from, from both perspectives, I think it would be best to get love in the training camp. And also because you see how that trade with New York and Denver, how it materialized, how New York really couldn't get out of a funk, and they were a 500 team since they got mellow, and they lost a lot. So I think right now, if I'm if I'm Minnesota, um, I, 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 I'm I'm probably making the deal sooner rather than later, um, because it, it's it's going to become drama for a man the closer it gets to, to to the trade deadline. It's drama now, though, it, you know. And 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 the thing about it is, you you're right. The the values are high, but my problem the problem that I have with Minnesota is that they are asking for far too much. And because of that, and teams are looking at them and saying, I'm not giving that up for, for love, and he's right. not going to commit to my team. What's going to happen in, in Raphael's scenario is that as time goes on, they'll be placed in a position as to where they're going to just have to take a deal, like one of the best deals that they get, that they can get at that time. And, you know, and, and shit, let's talk about this, people. What if love gets hurt? What if Wiggins get hurt? What if what if Benny gets hurt? We don't know what to happen, but what if Love gets hurt? We're talking about one guy, and and the Timberwolves are looking at them. And granted, they have no way of forecasting the future of what Bennett and Wiggins and this future round, future first round pick they're going to get from Minnesota will be. And we all know what Love would give, but at the same damn time, but you know what? That's a lot, man. But, yeah. Ken, but Ken, you know what? I think Love's value is that high. When you look at um, total win shares in the NBA, you know who was number one? I guess Love. <laughs> no, no, no. 
Love wasn't first in total win shares. Come on, who's the best player on the planet? LeBron adds 20 games, 20-plus games. Matter of fact, it's 22 games to any team, any team. So imagine the Cavs, what they were last year, a 30-win team. They're a 55-plus win team with LeBron on the roster. That's what LeBron brings. You know who was number two in win shares, Ken? Who, Raphael? The second best player. The, the second best player on the planet, Kevin Durant. You know who was the third, Ken? I, you know what? Kevin Love. You damn right it was Kevin Love. And that's why his trade value is so high. Because the man is a flat-out baller. He just doesn't have a team, and he's competing in the West. If he was in the East, he would make the playoffs. But name me one team in the West that only has one star that made the playoffs. I'll wait. Besides Dallas. Okay, FIFO. I hear you, bro. FIFO's coming with stats and everything. I think um, I think you both have make pretty good points. I think one of the things that you have to look at is that uh, uh, much like I think what Ken just said, <clears throat> over a period of time, the closer you get, <laughs> the closer you get to the trade deadline, and and love, love, even though he's the piece that could be moved, he still controls a lot of this because if he goes to the T Wolves and says, "Hey, y'all got to get rid of me, y'all got to trade me," if he pulls a Carmelo like how Carmelo got out of Denver, um, then there's a problem. But uh, he's a, he's a good guy. They love him in the Twin Cities. They really don't. Want, but they, they you know they know. And, and like FIFO said, um, over for Minnesota, if they don't do it now, they diminish. So these high demands for you know if he doesn't move between now and the trade deadline, then Minnesota's a sitting duck. You know they could. So don't even if they don't move him, you know look for him to still be moved. But I think what happens is if he's not moved by the trade deadline, I mean the closer and closer we get to the NBA trade deadline. And he's not going. Each day that passes, Minnesota loses power as far as their ability to to um, to trade him. As far as be, but but like Ken said, asking for a lot, but they won't be able to ask for as much three months from now <clears throat> or six months from now. Um, phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six. You are locked in live to Dead End Sports. Let's bring on the beat maker of the crew. Just joining us right now, my boy Beezy. Beezy, what up, though? What up, though? Hey man, man you, you missed an apology already. You know, we just ten minutes into the show, we we issued an apology. And I know, right? And I and I, I'm I'm even later, man. I had to, had to take care of some business right quick. It's okay. It's all good. It's all good. What, what do you think about Love, man? Is he a better fit for the Cavs or the Bulls? Uh, for the Cavs, I mean, just I, I think either Ken or people just said it. Like for the simple fact that the Bulls just signed Paul Gasol, it's like mm-hmm. okay, you 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 get Kevin Love. And you're gonna have, you know, two power fours, possibly, you know, two power fours in the center or a power four and two centers on your squad with him, Paul Gasol, and Joe Tim Noah. And I don't understand that. And then you're giving up Taj Gibson and, and, and Butler, two great defensive players that you that that's kind of like the backbone defensively for Chicago. So I, I don't understand that move. I think the Cleveland move is better because Cleveland don't have a power four. I mean, I think he will solidify them at the power four position. You know, you got LeBron James at the small forward, Kyrie Irving. I mean, it, just, it all makes sense. At more, you know, it makes more sense at Cleveland than it do in Chicago for some reason. So, I, and when I saw that earlier today, like about what two hours before we went on, I'm like, what the hell is how is Chicago in the race? So it just, it just kind of threw me off. It just kind of threw me off. And you know, I grew a people on the um, on you know Minnesota get pulling the trigger for love right now than to wait till later on because it's like, and of course, I mean, Ken. You know, Kevin Love is pretty much considered 
you know, top five, top four talent in the NBA. And so, of course, uh, if I'm Minnesota, if I'm giving up a player of that caliber, hell yeah, I'm going to – I mean, personally, if I'm a GM or a president or owner, I'm going to want something in return for giving away the top four, top five NBA player in the league. So, yeah, I, I don't have no issue with uh, Minnesota asking too much right now. I mean – I say, why not? I, I was talking to people it was that Sunday, and I was like, man, I like that Golden State trade. I think, I think if Golden, if Minnesota can pull off and get David Lee, Clay Thompson, and um, Harrison Barnes for love, I'm like, shit, I'll pull. That's that a real good nucleus to build around. Hell yeah, it is. And I'm like, if, if I'm Golden State, I mean, if I'm Minnesota, I, I'll try to pull for that one and be like, all right, um, Cleveland, see you later. <laughs> like y'all give me a rookie, y'all give me two. Uh, two first round draft picks that ain't proven yet, and I'm getting guys that that played and proven. So, uh, you know, I like that Warriors trade, but I mean, but to answer your question, I do think the Cleveland Cavaliers fit is better than the Bulls. Hey, was um was was Golden State unwilling to give up Clay Thompson in that trade? That that's that's what I'm that's what I thought I'm they were. Yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's what we're starting to hear now because they made it seem like you know Warriors offered them that and Minnesota turned them down, talking about they wanted more. But I think I think. Now what's coming out now is that Warriors never offered Clay Thompson that in the first place. So you know I, we I don't know who's telling the truth at this point. But wait, if that, wait, if wait, that, wait. If that, Go ahead. I'm about to say if that offer is true, Minnesota is stupid for for, for declining it. If it's true, what, but I, we don't we don't know. What are you guarantee again? Which is exactly my point. Which is exactly my point. You got a chance to make that deal, and they put Clay Thompson on the on, on the block. And you walk mm-hmm. away from it because you want something else? Come on, man. Or, or, and you know, I mean, I would hope the Warriors put Clay Thompson on the block. I don't know who else was offered in the deal, but that would make more sense to me. Harrison, Harrison Barnes and David Lee. Oh, yeah, the Warriors. They, so, 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 go ahead, people. I was gonna say the Warriors don't want to move on Clay, and and it's split in the organization. Yeah, they don't. It's like so. Like I know Steve Kerr, and I think some of the mo- the majority of the coaching staff don't want to get rid of him. Yeah, they don't and, want to get rid of him. Yeah, because they, yeah, and and they want to keep him and Stephen Curry together. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like and we, yeah, and when you look at the numbers, um, his uh, per defensively against point guards was amongst the best in the NBA. Yes, yep. And against, yep. you know, what I'm saying so. So, so he's really, he's really what let Steph Curry be great. Because yep. Steph Curry would be a lot more of a liability without Clay out there. Yep. But yep. I, I, and I feel that, but I just think Kevin Love's that much better that I because you still have Iguodala. You know what I'm saying? Iguodala, maybe he can't guard the point guards like that no more, but he can still guard two and threes. You know, so Ralph, I what up? Clay Thompson, David Lee, and Harrison Barnes. Yeah, and man. Kevin I Love, I'll put that trigger no, if I was Minnesota, man. If, if, yeah. if Warriors offer me that, if Warriors... No, 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 say, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm no, saying, I'm talking uh, about the Warriors. The Warriors. Oh. I'm saying, yeah, the Warriors, would you do that deal? Like, if you Minnesota, hell yeah, you'd do it. But if you're oh, the yeah, Warriors... Yeah, yeah. Warriors, so, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't offer that much. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I right. wouldn't so offer that much. The original trade was um, David Lee and Harrison Barnes. And Minnesota was like, no, 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 no. I want Clay Thompson too. Now all of a sudden this kind of goes back to what I'm saying. They're being a little bit greedy, and the Warriors are looking at them like, man, you must be a fool. Now if it's the other way around, and the Warriors put both three on the block, and Minnesota walked away from it, then damn Minnesota, you a damn fool. 
Because yeah. we're real. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, though, Ken. Ken, Ken, like, like I already explained love in, in, you know, at the beginning of the show, right? What, what is he third in? Win share. I think he adds like 12 to 15 games. You know what I'm saying? So, so with that being said, Clay Thompson's number is nowhere near that. Clay Thompson doesn't impact the game the same way Kevin Love impacts the game. Let's be real. Clay Thompson is a nice piece, and like I said, he allows Steph to be great because he takes a lot of defensive pressure off of him. You know right. what I'm saying? I get that, but he's not Kevin Love. So in that instance, I would if I'm the Warriors, I'm still making that move. I'm still including Clay because Kevin Love makes a bigger impact. No, I think in Cleveland, no. I think in Cleveland, you look at Wiggins. Wiggins could potentially have a bigger impact than Kevin Love, and and and, and that's the that's the thing. Like we know what Clay Thompson is. Is Clay Thompson going to get that much better in the next two three years? No, but Wiggins has the opportunity to be the next superstar. People constantly talk about Wiggins' upside. Exactly, he's nineteen. He's nineteen. Clay is what he is. He's not going to get. Too much better than what he currently is. Wiggins has all of the whole world in front of him, man. So, so to me, I would try to hold on to Wiggins and Clay can walk. So, so, I, so, so, I, so, so people, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ken. Nah, go ahead, B. Go ahead, B. No, I'm just asking B. So, people, if you go to state and you want Kevin Love, you will offer them them three players for Kevin Love. I would. If you, if you, I would. I would. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't offer not that much. Oh, I wouldn't do that. Because people are crazy. No, you replace a lot of what you lost, right? Like like playmaking with David Lee. Let's be honest. David Lee's one of the best, you know, passing and versatile. He's a double-double he's a, he's a, he's a double, double guy. He's a double-double guy, too. And so is K-Love, right? I know. And arguably Wait, he's a walking double-double. Double. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, I mean, arguably a better passer. Obviously a better three-point shooter, which you're making up Clay Thompson shooting. The only thing that you're really losing in the deal is perimeter defense. And you can't tell me it's easier to replace perimeter defense than it is to replace 26 and 12 and a half. You can't do that. I can go get a Tony Allen, a Jimmy Butler. Those guys are more easily gettable than guys that get you 26 and 12 and a half. Hey, come on, you can't make that argument. I wouldn't make that tr- not not I, if I was going to say I wouldn't pull that trigger not not for Kevin or if Minnesota you got to give me something else some first round draft picks and a couple other role players or something for that but not just for one guy not for that all that not for one not for that one guy I wouldn't I, make that move and then you know you got, you, Andre, you got Andre you got Andre Iguodala on this kind of I ain't gonna say on his way out but like he's not but yeah I'm he's past the prime you know what I mean okay, so, he's yeah, got yeah, some burn. That's a Harrison Barnes. That's another good. That's a good guy to kind of have around that. That can you. still get better. That can still. Get but you better. still got Draymond, and Draymond fits better. He has been fitting better, and he's been playing better, more consistently than than that Harrison. And like, like, what if you can get back like a Corey Brewer? You know what I'm saying? So that way you got a, a, a Corey a, a big, Brewer. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Cause, I mean, because at this point, somewhat decent. He's some Corey Brewer. What? What I'm but look, B, it's not just Corey Brewer. But I'm saying Corey Brewer and maybe Kevin Martin. So now you're replacing offense and defense with two guys. That's and you're saying. getting Kevin, Kevin Love. That's what I'm saying. Give me, give me, give me. Throw some, throw something else in there. But you, now you're talking. Throw something else in that, in that deal. Not just for one guy. Not for that one guy. I wouldn't do it. Not for just one guy. But like you said, throw in the Kevin Martin. 
Kevin Love and Kevin Martin for David Lee Harrison. Yeah, okay, now that that sounds a little more like it, but not okay. just that one guy. Not no, no, one. of course not just one. Not, not just one. Of yeah. course you have to yeah. take back uh, you, you, because you need yeah, to fill out the roster spot. Thank but you. But I'm, my point exactly. My point exactly. That passing, exactly. I, I, I'll make that. Cause Clay, but again, we're, we're, we're back to where I started. <clears throat> Minnesota is not doing that. Minnesota is saying, give me those three, or they're asking for those three, and they are unwilling to toss somebody else in to satisfy B because we don't want to give up mm-hmm. all players for Kevin Love. No, 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 no. Look, look, look. The proposed package that Warriors would get back is Kevin Love and Kevin Martin. That, 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 that that's the deal. The problem, the snag is the Warriors are not giving up Clay. The Warriors don't want to. Yeah, give they up don't want. Clay. They don't want to move Clay. Impact. If they if they don't have to, they don't want to move Clay Thompson. I would. No, 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 no. They, they don't want to at all. That's the problem. And what I'm saying is, I would, and Ken's saying he wouldn't. Nah, not not, and I have no long term commitment either. Hell no, but he well, I, I would think that anybody would. that trades for Kevin Love is going to get some type of long term commitment. Yeah, exactly. because I mean I'm that's pretty, why. I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's in the negotiation. Like, okay, we make this trade, Kevin Love. Then you got to if you going to already you gotta, kind of be in, yeah. the, in negotiations about a long term deal. Yeah, yeah you got to sign that long term deal. And at the minimum, it's just like how they did with Chris Paul. Just opt in. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Don't, yep. don't, you don't have to necessarily, you know, don't leave as a free agent. Give us one more year. Let us prove to you we will make the playoffs. We are a better destination, and we're going to make even more roster adjustments to make sure that we, we are a championship team. You know what I'm saying? So so they might have them opt in, you know, kind of like the CP deal. So that, okay. that, that, that's okay. an option as well. The debate rages on. Check us out right here. We're live. Blog Talk Radio, I am your host, 12 Kyle, joined by my partners in crime, BZ, Kenny FIFO. You know I'm from Dead End Hip Hop. Man, we are Dead End Sports, the place where sports opinions collide. Jump on the line with us. Hit us up, 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. So much to talk about. We got NBA talk. We got NFL talk. We got Tiger Woods talk. We got controversy talk. Uh, hit us up, man, whatever you want to talk about. We are here up until 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, speaking of the NBA, man, I, <laughs> I kind of wish our boy Modest Media was around for this one. Um, and the Lakers, man, uh, one of the most storied, uh, arguably the most storied franchise in the NBA. Um, they've had an interesting offseason, to say the least. I mean, obviously, the, much of the talk was dominated by, you know, uh, LeBron and um, – Carmelo, and I think at some point in time, I, I don't know if LeBron's agent talked to the Lakers, but I mean, we do know that Carmelo had given L.A. Uh, a serious look. But nonetheless, free agency has, you know, as far as the major free agents, uh, has come and gone, and the Lakers have been left holding the bag. Well, not holding the bag, because they do have Kobe Bryant coming back off of um, knee injury, what have you. <clears throat> so the question I have to you and it's something that I heard, uh, I saw on the internet the other day. And I'll start first with you, uh, B. Uh, do you think another star player would want to play with Kobe right now in his fight? Let's just say if salary cap wasn't an issue. Let's say if LeBron and Carmelo, if there weren't salary cap issues, if they could just play with Kobe. Do you think another star player, and I say star player, I'm not talking about, you know, Booby Gibson. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think another star player would want to co- play with Kobe right now? Why or why not? 
I would say no. Just the simple fact that, you know, you got a Kobe that's coming off of a serious injury. He's 36 mm-hmm. years old. He's 36 years old. He's probably got like about a year or two years left at the rate he's gone. He might get injured again. You never know. You might commit to playing there to L.A. for a year. Kobe might, he might bust his Achilles again or something. And, and, and the, he might play like 10 games, and then you got to carry the load. So I say at this point, I would say no. I don't think no another superstar would want to go there. Just the fact, you know, hey, look, this is Kobe, you know, worn out. This is 18 years plus Kobe Bryant I'm playing with. Not, not you right. know, seven years in the league or eight years in the league. This is 18 plus years in the league who I'm playing with. You know, I don't know what I'm going to get. I, I, it's not guaranteed I'm going to get the, you know, the 25, 26, 27, you know, damn near 30 a game Kobe. I'm, I'm getting the Kobe that's coming off rehab of Achilles, man. So, you know, I would say no. That would be my reason to say no. And then right now the Lakers organization is just, it, it's just not looking good right now for them. So I would say no. I, I wouldn't want to come to L.A. Okay, what about you, Ken? Uh, another star player. Do you think another star player would want to play with Kobe Bean Bryant? Um. Well, you said a star player. And, <laughs> right. Know, we're talking like, right now. We're not talking. You know, five years. Yeah. Ago. Right now. Yeah. Right now. Uh, if they did, they probably would be there. If they could, I, I don't see anybody wanting to go there. You know. And yeah, it's great that Kobe's there, but you know, you're talking about Kobe and then you, and then you look at everybody else. That's around you, but they don't have much. Besides Boozer, I think they, 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 don't, they don't even got they don't even got a damn coach yet, man. I don't know what's taking oh, them so yeah. long with, with 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 them hiring Byron Scott. Kobe already stated that he wanted them. Get out here, Byron Scott, man. I mean, he's he's, he's improving. He's a coach. He's a one-time coach of the year, man. He took New Orleans to the beat. Almost they almost uh, got past San Antonio one year, man, with Chris Paul and, and Tyson Chandler. I mean, Byron Scott's a proven. He's a good coach. So I would say, why not get him? They should. Go three interviews. I'm sorry, Ken. I just cut you off. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that just made me mad. Man, nobody want to play with Kobe, man. Not right now. Not if you're a star. Yeah. Kobe, Kobe's going to, you know, that's still Kobe's team. And what Kobe says goes. We saw what the hell happened with, uh, well, besides, Paul Gasol even left, even though he said he liked playing with Kobe. But he even got the hell out of there. Dwight Howard showing show up got the hell out of there. Um, mm-hmm. So, no, not right now. Nobody well, I mean, can you really include Dwight Howard? I think I, – I look at Dwight Howard's stint in L.A. was more about Kobe was going to hold Dwight accountable. And Dwight Howard don't want to be held accountable by nobody. He wants to be goofy. He don't want, he don't want to win. I, that's just my opinion. But you don't think Kobe will hold anybody else accountable that plays with him as well? Can you well, imagine? I, I think he will, but I think Dwayne the thing Wade is, is that year. Dwight Howard is too. Well, I don't think Dwight Howard is serious enough to. I mean, Dwight Howard would be the type to be, you know, clowning and playing around and stuff. I mean, Paul Gasol swears by playing with Kobe Bryant. He loves Kobe. He didn't want to leave L.A., but the reason why Powell left was more so not because of the opportunities to play elsewhere, but he just had it with the front office. I mean, every year he's being in trade rumors, and they were trying to get rid of him and everything like that. I think if all things considered, Powell would have stayed even on a sinking ship just to play with Kobe because he loves playing with him. But no, I, Dwight Howard, no, I don't. I don't see Dwight Howard as that kind of guy. So um, I, I don't know. But I'm sorry. Go ahead and finish your point, <clears throat> man. Look, 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 look. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe has the Michael Jordan syndrome. You know, he wants to win at all costs, whether it's him taking 80 shots or whether it's him taking. Uh, 85 shots. 
Kobe wants to win. That's just all what it, that's just what it boils down to. And, um, and and so for another star to come in there and play with him, they have to uh, have that same type of mentality with them as well. But also, I think they they don't want to. Most people don't want to deal with with Kobe Bryant himself. Look, they I, I don't even know if they would have gotten Paul Gasol if they didn't pull up pull any any type of uh, collusion type mess that they did when they made that trade. But that's neither here nor there. But you know, so but what I'm saying is that ever since Kobe dimed out Shaq, you know, back in the day, I don't think many people wanted to go play Kobe Bryant, man, because you know he, 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 he hey man, he, he can't, uh, he can't, he can't keep his mouth closed, man. So you know, uh, hey, can't they ever gonna, let that die? No, I'm not. I'm not gonna let it happen. You don't. You don't. You don't, you don't somebody could be Kobe Schmidt. He'd be like, "Yeah, remember that time he snitched on Shaq?" Hey man. Hey, hey, hey. Look, that that was that was foul, man. That was foul as hell. And I give Shaq props for not slapping the crap out of him too. Yeah, yeah, but nah, man. I think at this point, this day and age, there's better opportunities for for star players than playing, you know, alongside Kobe Bryant because. You know, uh, in all seriousness, there's a lot of pieces missing, including the coach. And the front office is a mess. So not only do yeah. you have to deal with that, you have to deal with Kobe Bryant being upset that they're not winning. So, uh, and, and Lord knows. Can, can you imagine Kobe playing with, with Dwayne Wade last year, with the year he had? Oh, Kobe would have lost his damn mind. He would have slipped out. So, um, so nah, man, I don't see anybody wanting to play with Kobe Bryant. Not now. What about you, FIFO, man? Um, Kobe, man, do you think another star player could play with him at this point? FIFO. Hello. (laughs) My bad, my bad, my bad. But I would say, yeah, my bad. But um, I would say I I think that there's star players that could play with him, but I don't think that there's anybody that will actually want to play with him at this point. You know, like B said, man, he's coming off with two major uh, injuries. Um, His cap hit is big on the team. And, you know, Kobe has shown an unwillingness to be a number two guy. And I was trying to explain this to Rod a couple weeks ago that at this point in Kobe Bryant's career, for them to be a championship team, he's not the number one option. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I don't think Kobe's going to win anything um, because I don't think they could go get a number one option. I don't think a number one option wants to go there because what's the long-term plan? You know, we, we don't have salary cap space right now. So, you know, I, I just I don't see a scenario right now where a star player would want to go there. Um, especially because, you know, uh, Phil Jackson has made, you know, has said when he was in the, in the talks with Dwight Howard in the Lakers to try to re-sign him, and he said that he felt like the pitch was going well, but then he asked Kobe, you know, how long do you plan to still play? And Kobe said four to five years. And he looked, and he was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I don't blame him. And I don't blame him because Kobe – is hard-headed, stubborn. You know, like like when you have, when you're like that as an athlete, it's a double-edged sword. It's great mm. because you will overcome, but it's also detrimental because once you get past your prime, it's hard for you to make that realization and be like, you know what, let me take a backseat or two so that way we can still be great. And I don't, I just, I don't think Kobe can do that. 
You know what I'm saying? And um, I think that that's ultimately what's going to hurt him winning more races. Definitely, definitely. And I agree with everybody, man. I I think at this stage, man, it's it's just hard. And Kobe is a phenomenal player. Uh, He's paid his dues. Obviously, he's been the face of the franchise. He got paid a ton of money. Um, And, you know, many feel like the money that he was paid was based off of, you know, what had happened in the past. And rightfully so. I, I, I get that. Um, but like you said, man, a superstar going to ball, a star going to play with him, um, at this point, I don't know. And I think ultimately if we were a fly on the wall, I think that was probably one of the things that when Carmelo met with New York, that was one of the things that New York probably, outside of offering him a ton of money, what they probably said was, well, hey, you know, if you go to L.A. or if you go to to uh, to, to to Chicago, You'll be playing with guys that you don't know how healthy they're going to be. We're healthy, um, and that and so that probably you know hindered his decision as far as to go to L.A. Um, I, I don't even know if I, I'm a, I'm going to step out on limb. I'm a, I assume that guys around the league like Kobe. I don't think anybody's buddy buddy with Kobe because Kobe doesn't strike me as that kind of buddy buddy type guy. Um, with guys, and it's kind of be hard to be buddy buddy with somebody if you know. If, if cats feel like you snitch on them, <laughs> but, but that's another story for another day. But um, but yeah, I think it's uh, you know, he's still a phenomenal talent, man, and I still think that you know he has a lot left in him, and I, I'd like to see him bounce back. Uh, we got um, <clears throat> we got you know a, a tweet earlier about uh, someone was asking if if they thought the Lakers could make it to the playoffs, and I'm like, nah. nah I mean, he not not Kobe by himself. It's just not going to happen. Not not in that West. The West is just too, too loaded. Uh, the phone number to Y'all call in, it. area code 646-478-0356. You're locked in live to Dead End Sports. Let's jump to the phone lines. Got 804. Our boy Q, let's not keep waiting. Q, what's going on, man? Yo, yo, what up, what up? Yo, Q, do you work like it? You work yeah. night? But man, because when you get on the phone, you sound like you just woke up or something, man. Man, I'd be tired as man. Bro, I'd be playing ball. I gotta go work. Okay, man. okay. Just check, just check. Crazy. <laughs> it's crazy, man. I don't want to get into what? my life problems. What you got um, for us tonight, man? Um, I want to ask real quick if anybody here watched um summer league. Anybody oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah no doubt. Yeah. All right, so I got a question for for y'all. Um, which team? Do you think has like the most NBA ready? Just all, just off summer league, the most NBA ready picks or guys, I guess you you, you could say, who participated in summer league. Uh, some names, real quick. Jog your memory. You got? Yeah, um, I got. Um, oh, I'm sorry. What's go ahead, name? Glenn no, Rice no, Jr. No, no, no. Go, go ahead. I'm just jogging. Let me real quick. No. Um, Hardaway. Oh, yeah, uh, yep. I was going to say oh, him and Doug, right. and Doug and, and, and McBucket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's a lot of order. Like, yeah, he just seemed like a natural scorer, man. He just, Doug McBucket, like he's just a natural scorer. He's going to be a guy that's going to come off the bench and give, and give Bulls and get off mm-hmm. I think that's I got one, man. And, and I got to give props props to people on this one, man. Uh, outside of Nerlin uh, Noel, he, he, he looked good. Um, Tony Snell, man, and, and all props to people. Because I was not paying attention to that guy, but he looks like a totally different player um, out there, good. man. He's, he's confident in his jumper. He, he looks like he knows where he, what he's doing. Like he looks relaxed, and and he he had a hell of a summer league, man. And yeah. I, I never would 
before. I was I wasn't paying attention to Tony, uh, uh, Tony Snell like that. But nah, man, him him and um, uh, Matt Buckets, yeah, they yeah, the boys, the boys ready. Yeah, I, I don't mm-hmm. think. I mean, I'm not saying McBucket's gonna come in and average thirty something like he was in the summer league. So you know, granted, they're not playing against top notch competition in the summer league, but. I think he's going. He's going to be perfect for the Bulls. Come on, he might. He might come in averaging like about you know fourteen, fifteen, shoot like about forty-one percent from three point. You know, and, and coming in off the bench. I think that's. I think that's going to be perfect. That's what the Bulls need, mm-hmm. especially from a rookie. And then he's going to get better. So and he proved sure. me wrong because I thought I thought he was going to be like I'm like man they hyping him up. He's going to be like he's going to be another damn Adam Adam Morris or something like that when he gets to the league. But, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, but he, he, yeah, he's not he's not going to pan out that way. I think he's going to be a nice a nice asset for the Bulls that you know his first few years to come off the oak. Okay. So and, and you know what, Q, to answer your question, I think um, Orlando. I, I think Orlando had the most ready youngest players because uh, I think Alfred Payton is going to be all right. I think Aaron Gordon is going to be all right. You know, obviously they still got Oladipo, you know, Tobias Harris. So I, I really like what Orlando got. I think that they showed me the most collectively. Uh, I think Nerlens looked like a number one overall pick. Um, and um, you know, the surprise for me was Nick Stauskas. He 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 was the surprise because I, I didn't I didn't mm-hmm. know how he was going to be able to hang with NBA athleticism. But the thing I've seen from him, it's like it doesn't matter. You could be more athletic. He he he's just a baller. He's a hooper, and 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 yeah. I like his his free willing style. You know what I'm saying? Um, he he surprised me. I, th- I thought he was gonna struggle against some athletes, but nah nah. He he. he I mean Kevin. I mean Kevin Love. Kevin Love's not an athlete, and look and look what he is. You know what I'm saying? No, I feel you, but you know it, it's easier when you're six ten. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm not taking nothing away. <laughs> But you know when you're our perimeter guy, with with really you know not not you know I guess good quickness or or whatever, I, it just I I thought he would struggle a little bit more even defensively, you know to say he he just overall he proved he proved me wrong you know I didn't think he was as nice as he yeah for sure like a name I want to throw out to you um, just to plug my team but also because I really think this dude could do something for real. Jordan McRae from Tennessee. I don't know if anyone ever watched any of uh, Tennessee last year during his uh, college career. I saw him play a couple of times but, in college. He, he, he's got game. But that dude can ball. Like, I'm telling you, like, he looks like uh, a lot of people hit, A lot of people like to give this comparison just to, uh, like, the whole um, he's lanky like KD. But the dude plays like KD to me a little bit. He's like a 6'6 KD a little bit because he rises up over the defenders a lot, and he does this thing where he hangs when he tries to like do a whole floater and whatnot. So this guy like he caught he caught fire one night against I think it was the Lakers. He scored like thirty something, and he was going off. Him and Glenn Rice Jr. are going to be uh, guys to watch in this league. And if Washington can get good minutes from Otto Porter and Glenn Rice Jr., I think that. Man, I think they could sneak into that top three spot for real, honestly. Because if they have those guys clicking and John Wall and Bradley, Bradley built, it's, it's a recipe for success for real, man. You know, so that's that for that quick question. I have two more. My, my bad. I don't want to take up y'all time, but um, my next question, I guess, more of a statement. If y'all haven't followed Joel Embiid on Twitter, you messing Bruh. up. 
man. Yes, man. I do. Yes. I do. Oh, man. Oh, this my goodness, is, bro. He is reckless. What dude. is he doing with Twitter? I, I saw some tweet about him and Rihanna, but I didn't really get He is out here in these streets, man. Like, streets. He is, I mean... I mean, MD saying the hell with DMs. I'm putting my shit straight on blast. I'm yes, all <laughs> Wow. <laughs> he's, he's adding Kim Kardashian to him to slide into the DMs. He's saying, Rihanna, meet, meet me up at this restaurant, man. He's a funny dude, man. I'm MD, you, like, uh, look, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting NBA money now, so I'm about to holler at all these damn <laughs> All these damn <laughs> He said, MD, mama called him and was like, do you really want to date a 40 or 5 year old white girl? <laughs> he, was, he was like, nah, mom, chill. Just playing around. No, that, I mean, that dude is hilarious, man. That dude is hilarious. But, all right, that's his favorite. My question, y'all, I was watching the segment. Um, do you all have, like, any memories of, like, some, like, famous chokes in sports where you're like, oh, my goodness. Like, like, like really, it's one of those moments. I do. I'm talking, I like, call number alone, game six, Utah 98. Like, you no. let Jordan strip the ball, stuff like, like that. What? What about what about when Portland choked against the uh, Lakers in 2000 when they was like that was not a choke. Everybody everybody thought that game was over, man. It was game seven. Everybody thought that game was over because Portland was up. They was up by a lot going into the fourth quarter. I I, I had to look it up and see. But Portland, everybody was like, oh man, Portland about to they about to get to the finals all set. Man and then just Lakers. I remember when Kobe crossed over picks and he threw that oop. To Shaq and Shaq dunked it, and I think that was like they were like on a crazy run. And yeah, if, if I'm not mistaken, they were up 17 in the fourth quarter. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. I mean, it, but the way but the way Portland controlled that whole game, it was like okay, 17 points. That seemed like 35 points at the way that Portland was playing that game because Rasheed Wallace was on. Everybody was clicking. Damon Sotomayor, like everybody was clicking. So it was like, oh yeah, they're not gonna lose this. They're not gonna lose this game. They've they been controlling these fools the whole game. And the way that Portland choked that, oh, man. And then I think another one that, that sticks out was the Sacramento. Well, I don't really say it was a choke. But I think if Sacramento would have won this game against uh, Lakers when Horry hit that three, tied the series up 2-2, that pretty much changed the whole landscape of the series. Because if, if Sacramento would have won that game and went up 3-1, it would have been over. It would have been a wrap. Lakers weren't going to come back down 3-1. That's, that's a couple of chokes I can remember off of. That man. Off B, you know that they cheated them boys out of that that, that <laughs> game for a quarter. Don't even say that. It always comes back and, to And cheat. try to get it to, uh, to Portland, man. Quit, quit, quit hating, man. Oh, man, I hated that game. I only, you know what? I hate they was calling fouls out. on everybody on Portland, man. That was just unfair. They yeah, yeah, man. B, tripping, man. I didn't even touch Coley that play. <laughs> They still choked it, man. They had that game. They, they had their trip to the finals. One of the funniest shows, I, I think, um, was when, y'all remember when Stevie Johnson had that wide-open touchdown uh, against Pittsburgh a few years ago? Yes, yes. And he just dropped it. And he just went crazy on Twitter talking about, oh, God, you did this to me. And he was just going off on Twitter. Yep. And, like, yep. all the Steelers DBs were like, you just dropped it, dude. Calm down. It's all right. Probably my, oh, my yeah, most that. famous choke, man. My most my most famous choke would probably have to be um. It probably would be Carl Malone, man. Like Carl, he's my famous. He's the most. He's my like favorite choker of all time, because Carl, he's such a great player. Like he like he was such an amazing player, 
but he just had those moments where his basketball IQ was just questionable for a lot of people. We were like, dude, like game six at Utah, nine ninety eight, Jordan doesn't clear the wingman. He just strips him and calls like, oh, all right, dog back. And then jo- and Jordan just wins the whole thing right there. Like he's just one of those guys that those moments not didn't define his career, but they were the difference between really the team winning and the team losing. And I think that a lot of his a lot of his knocks against his game is the fact that yeah he he was great, but he choked a lot. He he couldn't handle the pressure. And I think that's what plagues most NBA players today is that the clutch gene is very very rare in many players. Well, you know, you can't really can't really get it in many players. Only a few of them have it, like KD and Kobe and what, whatnot. Very, very, very rare. Man, I, I, ask- I, I, oh, man. Wait, wait a second. Hold on. Hold on, B. Okay. And I'll, I, anytime I got a chance to bring this up, I am. You're 16-0. You're undefeated. You oh, are in, oh, oh, in the Super Bowl. <laughs> And you lose the last game of the season. Season. Yeah. Come on, man. That has to be number one. I don't know. Maybe we need a video on shit. Because I, I got some more. But that one, that one right there, man. Come on, man. You're 19 and old with Randy Moss and, 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 and freaking right. and, and, crazy. And they, they broke the record that year, too. I mean, they, they had the record until Peyton Manning you know, broke it with the most touchdowns. I think Peyton, uh, Tom Brady had... Most passing touchdowns that year. They was clowning that year. Yep. Yeah. That's it. I still remember that Super Bowl, man. <laughs> what about um? What about uh? And I hate to bring this up to all my anybody that's Michigan Fat Five uh, basketball fans, but what about the timeout? You said that a choke? Oh yeah, that was that was a huge choke. I mean, because and we're we're, we're going to assume that Michigan, but I mean, they just. I mean, they had it. It was right there. And, and even Carolina right fans, Carolina fans to the core, they knew that they weren't supposed to win that game. Yep. Um, yep. I mean, that, that's a good question, Q. Um, biggest choke, um, uh, Phil Mickelson a couple of years ago choked really big in a, um, in, a, in, a, in a game. No, I'm sorry, not Phil Mickelson. Oh. Uh, Greg Norman. Greg Norman. Uh, he was up major strokes. Um, I'm trying to think of one from another sport outside of football or basketball. Um, um, the Chicago Cubs. 2004? Yeah. Uh, 2003. 2003, yeah. Um, but there's been some. The one that, that stands out to me, the choke job that, that really actually changed this guy's career, uh, was Nick Anderson, man. Nick Anderson in the finals against Houston when he was playing for the Orlando Magic. Oh, uh, had a chance man. to steal the I loved it. And missed two oh, free throws. And when I tell you, and I followed Nick Anderson oh, when he was in college man. in Illinois. Bad boy. He was a bad boy on the court. I'm telling you, I mean, he, he could play. When I tell you those two free those those two missed free throws changed his career subsequently, yep. he was never yep. the same. I mean, like, this is a guy who was probably shooting almost 80% from the free throw line. He never got yeah. close to even shooting half of that. Well, he, I think he shot, like, in the high 50s after that. Like, it, it was just something where it just became... It, it was, you know, it was a mental block or something, man. I mean, he, and his career was never the same after that. That, was, that man, that was awesome, man. That that was the best thing I've ever seen in my life, man. He, oh, you, you know, know you oh my god, you know, the, the Lajuan, that series, the man. Yeah, man, a lot of ones, my favorite player in the NBA, man, uh, of all time, man. 
And when they got a chance to win that back-to-back, and then my boy Drexler, who got robbed by Michael Jordan um, uh, in the fight, had a chance to finally get his chip after. And, you know, it was, it was kind of cool, man, because they finally got back together, man, and do what they wasn't able to do in college, man. So, yeah, man, I, I loved every minute of it, man. That was, that was awesome. What about uh, Kansas and Memphis 2008 NCAA? Derrick Rose? Yeah, yeah, Mario Chalmers, man. I remember that. Mario Chalmers. I think it was that. Am I thinking about that right one? It was when, like, they kept fouling them and they couldn't make the free throws. Yeah, yeah, they kept kept missing the free throw. It was the most astonishing choke. Like, it was like, what is going on right now? Like, can y'all make the free throw? And they just won the championship in overtime. I was like, oh, my goodness. Um, the Music City Miracle, I think that's a classic joke on defensive side. Um, I'm trying to say, they go one or more. Uh, how about John Stark, game seven, against the yeah. uh, 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 Houston Rockets? Oh, I love that, too. That was a great yeah, game. John, man, John Stark shot like great two game. for 85. And Man, he just kept shooting. I'll never be a John Stark fan. I, I, he, he needed to keep shooting. He needed to keep shooting. <laughs> he, can, he can hit a damn thing. Call him up, Johnny. <laughs> oh, man, that's First what's up. You got anything else for us in IQ? Um, yeah, man, before I go, um, you know, Boogie, FIFO, FIFO's right. Y'all bugging? About Kevin what? Love. Kevin oh. Love. Was like, Kevin Love's value, I don't, I don't think y'all understand. Dude can ball, and the dude can barely dunk. The dude is a walking double-double, and he can barely dunk. <laughs> so it's like you have to realize that giving up Clay Thompson, David Lee, and whoever else they want to give up for this guy could open up so many more doors for other guys to also want to come to Golden State, but that would put them over the top. Like, that could put them in contention with the Clippers, even though they already basically were. They were one game away from winning that series, I think. With them, I think that puts them over the top. Klay Thompson is not expendable, but it's an upgrade when you can bring in a Kevin Love. The other two guys, you you, you can find guys to do their job. I like David Lee, and I like the um, Harrison Barnes. I think Harrison Barnes. Yeah, I like those guys, but they were never anything to just be like, oh, my goodness, man, it's just these are Harrison Barr. Like, no one's saying that. Kevin Love's value in the NBA is very high, and you have to realize that his worth to a team, well, he didn't have anybody. So if, if Minnesota is smart, they take the next deal that comes across their desk, but it has to be right, first and foremost. You know, right. you trade Kyrie for, for love, which which they're not going to do, or you trade Wiggins, Bennett, and Waiters. It's simple as that. You have to trade three guys for Kevin Love, and it's not ridiculous. Ken, I love you, bro, but it's not ridiculous because you have to realize his value. Like, the dude can average 20 and 10 every night. Put that in with LeBron and um, Kyrie. That's, that's Kyrie. like... Seven, that's like 80 points between all, all three of those guys every night. And that might be a better average than what you could get with Bosch and Wade. And I'm saying this as a guy who's proponent for LeBron to stay in Miami. So okay. wherever he goes, Minnesota is going to come out of this smelling good because if you can get a nice core of uh, Shane, you know, the guy from Louisville, he's a good center. 
Got Zhang, Zach Levine. We'll see what he does. He's pretty good in summer league. He come out this with Wiggins, Waiters, Bennett, or he come out this with Clay Thompson, yada, yada, yada. You still have a great core of young guys that could probably do something within two years. But I still think the coach is going to hold them back because I don't like Flip Saunders. But, man, other than that, man, that's all I got for this this week. Kevin Love's worth it. And fuck Stephen hey. A. Smith. Hey, you know what, Steve? <laughs> I, just, hey. I just want to add something to that. Just, um, you're, you're 100% right with the Kevin Love thing because because of how he scores. You see what I'm saying? It's not just the fact that you can get 20 and 10 because David Lee's a 20 and 10 guy when he was in his prime. But mm-hmm. you have to double-team Kevin Love. Kevin Love gets open three-pointers. He can create his own shot. You have to double-team him is the, is the main thing. So so Ke- Kevin Love's impact in the game, I, look, Q, I felt just like y'all know what the hell Ken coming from. You know, he, he, he's got that old-school mentality, man. He's, he's still got that old-school mentality, but you know it is what it is, man. He old. Yeah, you know, see, Fivo gets it because he played basketball. Like, how do you guard a team with three guys who could just go off for 40? Like, how do you stop that? How do you, like, if, if LeBron's going off and then y'all stop him and then he passes it to Caleb and he gets 20 going, how, and then you give it to Kyrie. It's like pick your death, like pick your poison. Who are you going to stop? You have to, you're going to have to send two guys. You have to send the whole team to stop these guys. Like, it's going to be crazy. So, I'm, let, let, me, let me stop. Please. I'm okay. I'm a Kevin Love staying a little bit. But, Ken, you tripping, bro. You tripping, man. Man, I, man, y'all, y'all, man. <laughs> just, just other two guys, David Lee. David Lee's a double, man. You know what? Double, double, man. <laughs> but it's all different. Ten, Get not all double-doubles are the same. Not all double-doubles are the it same. Might be a quiet du- double. It same. might be a quiet double-double. It's not going to be an, an, an explosive double-double like someone like Kevin Love can give you. There are certain guys who – I know I keep saying I'm, I'm a go, but I can tell you. Like, there are certain guys who score quietly. And I know that sounds really, really stupid, but you know what no, I'm talking doesn't. about. When, like there, like there are so there are certain guys who score quietly and they don't make that much of a difference on the outcome of a game. They might put their points in and get twenty and you know ten re- ten rebounds, but if Kevin Love is consistently spreading the defense, making guys double team him, leaving open shots with his teammates, then that's a considerable difference on the floor, and you can see that as a, as opposed to a David Lee. I had to look up David Lee's numbers to see what he was doing, really. I'm going to be honest. I didn't think he was doing that much, like, in his front. I was like, okay. I had to watch yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, David Lee. David Lee, he's still producing. Yeah, he, yeah he's, he's, still, he's still productive, but he's not in that spotlight of Kevin Love where people are like, man, this dude can score multiple ways. And that's why us teams like L.A. are going after him. Simple as that, because he doesn't have anybody. Your Your talent shows when you don't have any talent around you. Which is why there are certain people who, you know, want the Kevin Love, the LeBron James, the Carmelo Anthony's. Because when you don't have those guys around there to give you that cushion of, okay, I'm only hiding behind these guys, which is really a lot of argument for Kobe. I'm not going to get into that. But people said that about Kobe until his guys left. Shaq, he had to play with Bynum. Yeah, I know he played with Bynum and Powell, but he still had to play. So then you saw, okay, maybe it's more concrete that Kobe is a baller for real. Kevin Love is a baller. He deserves the contract, and they need to give it to him. The Timberwolves have got to be smart, though. You, the Timberwolves have to know what they have here. They can't give up, you know, Michael Jordan. I'm not saying he's Michael Jordan, but I'm just saying in terms of caliber player, you can't give up Michael Jordan for Mo Williams. Like, it, that's just not right. You can't do it. 
look, I, I'll, I'll say this, and then I, I, I think I'll uh, kind of let it let it go from there. Um, you know, I, I'm really conflicted on on the idea. Um, and, and be a tell you, I'm a pendulum. I'm swinging back and forth with this whole thing. One 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 minute I'm looking at him like, you know what? You get with Kevin Love. People, great points. He had so much value in so many other areas uh, in terms of his IQ, how he scores, this, that, and the other, the intangibles that he brings, you know, Q, his ability to perform on a team that has no talent and he's still able to put up those type of numbers. So you, you bring that and you, you partner that up with Kyrie and LeBron. Hey, you, you got a force, right? So I, I, I get all of that. Um, so I'm like, you know what? That kind of makes sense because with Wiggins, you don't know, Benny, you don't know. At least, you know, you can go ahead and try to make this thing happen. Now you've got to get a long-term commitment. So you got a tandem of three core players to build around. I get all that. Here's my here's kind of my slight problem is, is Minnesota because Minnesota kind of did – they not kind of. I'll say it. Minnesota did Kevin Love the same way. They, they did LeBron, and they have failed to build around this organization, and now the guy is threatening to leave, and they're trying to, rightfully so, milk it for as much as they, as they can. And I think that they are being a bit greedy. With the Cavaliers trade of the two number one picks and then a number one pick to come, which may not be a lottery pick, we're pretty sure that's not going to be a lottery pick next year with LeBron on the team. You know, you can kind of say, okay, I can kind of see that. I think Wiggins, Wiggins kind of puts it really at that threshold of, of them being greedy when they when they wanted him. But but then when you look at the, the Golden State offer and the fact that they wanted Clay Thompson or they wouldn't buzz him, whatever the, the whole situation is, that's when I'm looking at them. I'm like, man, what are you guys talking about? You guys have a chance to get Clay Thompson, David Lee, and Harrison Barnes, and, and what, you want more? Or, wait, oh, no, and the Warriors don't want to get rid of them? I don't know. Either way it go, I think Minnesota is just, I think they're being assholes, and I think now that they realize that they have failed for the last few years, you know, they're trying to, to do what they can to, to, to make the best of a worse situation. But I'm on the, I'm, I'm a pendulum, man. I'm, I'm like that, like people said, man, I'm that old man, I'm that grandfather clock, man. I'm swinging back and forth, man, with this with this whole thing. Because I understand. Oh you man, boy, you are crazy. Uh, you got anything else for us in IQ? He said he's a man. Person. I ain't got nothing else. Just know that the business isn't about what you're offering; it's about what you can get. So yeah, that's true. That's true. It's what you can negotiate. Uh, as always, bro. Thanks for calling in, Q. We definitely appreciate it, man. We'll holler at you next week. All right, man. I'll, I'll probably be up on the Twitter still. All right, All right man. Do that. All right. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, dudes and dudettes, um, if you're in front of a computer right now, do yourself a favor. I mean, continue to listen to the show, but do yourself a favor. Go to your computer. Go to YouTube. Actually, go. you can go pull up the Dead End Sports. We just, I just tweeted it out from the Dead End Sports account. Um, the pilot episode, uh, LeBron James leaving Miami, video that we shot, uh, right here, the fellas, the Dead End Sports crew. Um, we shot it a couple of weeks ago. Check it out. Check out our new YouTube video. It's called uh, the pilot episode, LeBron James uh, Leaves Miami. Uh, it's got, <clears throat> obviously, Ken, B, FIFO, and myself, uh, Modest Media behind the camera. 
Um, <laughs> check it out. Make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, if you like it, we will, but trust me, we will have more videos, so there's no reason for you not to like it. Um, but we just posted it. I just posted it on the um, Dead End Sports account. We'll tweet it out again and again and again, and it'll be on our website as well, on Facebook as well. So <clears throat> make sure that you check that out. Um, like I said, don't leave the show tonight, but <laughs> make sure that you check it out uh, if you want to see us. Go at it live in person. Uh, the phone shout number to call Midas, in. Shout out to Modest Media too. Oh yeah, man! Major shout out to Modest Media, man, for doing it, man. Uh, my first time personally working with him. You guys been working with him for years, but um, I, I mean, what can I say, man? The dude is a wizard. He's a wizard behind the camera. Um, I haven't seen a finished product, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. And uh, he's got a great vision, man. And you guys will see uh, a lot of Modest Media especially as we do videos and stuff like that. And you'll see him in front of the camera as well because uh, he's a big sports fan as well. So we'll definitely, 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 definitely incorporate him. Check out his website. Uh, what's the website? I Am Modest? No, it's, it's, it's Modest yeah. Media. I am, no, 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 no. It's IamModestMedia.com. Okay, IamModestMedia.com. Check out his website um, and, and, and support him. Support him financially. Uh, if you have any uh, anything, look on his website. If there's anything that you like that you want to get involved with, definitely Definitely support that brother. Good dude, man. Real good dude. Um, the phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Man, we already went, <laughs> we've already cleared one hour. Uh, we got more to talk about. We're gonna jump into the NFL right now, man. Um, we've been hot and heavy with the NBA the last couple of weeks. Uh, NFL training camps have already opened. Every training camp will be open this week. I think uh, the Bills and the Giants kicked it off on Sunday with practices um, already. <clears throat> so. Uh, training camp, of course, is going to be a lot of NFL talk, and of course, dead end sports will be right there in the middle of it. Um, oh, if also, you also, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, I'll be also, also before you finish. Um, dead end sports, we will be having our fantasy football league. So yes, if you think you yes. if you think you're good at fantasy football, come, come get me. your ass kicked. Come get your ass kicked. Come holler at me because I'm gonna set it up. It's gonna be on ESPN. So ESPN fantasy football, dead end sports is it, going down this season. It's going down. Go ahead and sign up to come in second place because your boy 12 Kyle is going to win. You rusty, man. You rusty, man. You rusty. Hey, I took a year off, so I'm, I'm good. I'm good. You, you guys will be burned out for us. I, mean, I, I, I cannot wait to that. And then somebody asked me over the weekend, um, you know, will we playing for money? I was like, no, we're not playing for money, but that might not be a bad idea. Might not. <laughs> Put a couple of dollars know. up. I know. I know one thing, Kyle, I'm warning you right now. If you want to see someone get so overly emotional, Ken is going to be that guy. I guarantee you, he is going to get so emotional. But you know what, though? I can't even laugh, though, because I'll be like that, too. It'll be sometimes I'll be looking at my phone or my, my stats, and I'll be ready to throw my phone up against the ground. So I can't, I can't, I can't talk. I, I can't talk. Man, you got to remember, I, I remember when we, when we first started the show last September, we were in the middle of fantasy football, and we would have a fantasy football segment. Um, yep. So Nick, yeah, yep. man, I remember Ken's. I remember Ken's uh, uh, spaz, spaz attacks on air. I remember that. I can only. Uh, I can't wait man. to see it, man. Yeah, this is gonna be crazy. I can't wait. All right, let's jump into the NFL, man. We got um, uh, the NFL. Uh, NFL Network does their top 100 players um, each year, and, and this year is no different. They they do they do a um, a poll or they do a vote based on their count, and then they also let the fans vote as well. Um, so the fans voted, and the uh, and, and the NFL Network voted as well. 
And tonight I wanted to jump on one of the topics that they talked about, the top five quarterbacks in the NFL ranked right now. I'm going to read to you uh, how they ranked them by position um, as far as the uh, top-ranked quarterbacks right now. Of course, everybody has their own opinion, and, you know, sometimes the – you know, when you do stuff like this, it's, it's a popularity contest. But um, I thought it was cool that the NFL put, I mean, excuse me, the NFL Network put this together. I'll read to you the top, I guess it's top 15. Um, Peyton Manning, one. Tom Brady, two. Then Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson at five. Cam Newton, six. Andrew Luck at seven. Ben Roethlisberger at eight. Phillip Rivers at nine. Joe Flacco, ten. Nick Foles, eleven. Number 12, Tony Romo, and 13, Colin Kaepernick, 14, Matthew Stafford. So, Ken, I'll throw it to you, man. Give me your top five quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Uh, Let's go with the obvious. We're going to do Peyton Manning. We're going to do... Are you um, doing yours in any particular order? uh, You know what? Um, nah, you know I, I won't, I won't, I won't do an order. Um, not yeah, nah, I'll, I'll stay away from the order. But uh, but I like uh, yeah, give give me give me Tom Brady, um, Peyton Manning, um, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and. Um, Matthew Stafford, man. Yeah, Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford. <laughs> I mean, and, I mean, come on. This is a Lions fan here. You you talking to you talking to a Lions fan? What you smoking, Ken? No, you did not just say Matthew Stafford. Can, can I, can oh I my God! Yo, trolling. Yo, Ken, Ken, trolling. Ken, Ken got that Ken trolling out there. You know, and, and let me ask y'all a question because I've never—I mean, we, we've hung out before, but does Ken drink? Yeah, yes. he <laughs> okay, he drink. Ken's obviously drinking on air right now. Can I get? Can I get mine? Hey, whatever Ken is drinking, I don't want to drink. Ken, I don't. Yeah, Ken is Mad Dog Twenty Twenty, Cisco, Old English Eight Hundred. Ken is really trolling right now. Coke forty five. Whatever you're drinking, I don't want to drink. Yeah. I'm oh my right god. But, um, <laughs> I got my five. Like, my, my, no. my five is pretty quick. I mean, my five is okay. Really is. I mean, of course, the obvious four. To me, the the only four elite QBs in the league: uh, Manning, Brady, Breeze, Rogers. And I gotta go with Luck, man. I think I'm gonna have to go with Andrew Luck for my uh, fifth spot. Okay. Okay. I think it's still. I think it's still so high. He's he's been getting really, you know, a lot better each year, and I, and I think he's going to be even better this year. So you know, I I go I go with luck. So All right, what about you, FIFO man? Your top five NFL quarterbacks right now. I I, I didn't hear him all that beat said, but 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 my number five is definitely uh, Andrew Luck as well. Luck, yeah. Uh, for, so my four, yeah, my, for, my four was um my four was Peyton Manning, Brady, Rodgers, and Breeze. That, that's oh, that's, that's what's up. That's, that's a four elite yeah. quarterback to me. Yeah, so so yeah, that that's 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 definitely my top five in a different order though. So number five oh, is definitely Andrew Luck. Oh, okay. So definitely yeah. number five is Andrew Luck. Um, I've been telling Ken from like the first time I seen him from the very first preseason, I was like, Hey, hey, this, hey, this dude right here, 
Like sometimes, you know, like this is the thing I love about sports. Sometimes it does take a qualified, trained eye to see talent and see what they can be. And then sometimes there's just guys that are ready from day one. And it don't take a, a, a damn monkey to look at him and be like, hey, he's that guy. And as soon as I see Andrew look, I'm like, yo, he is that guy. It, look, it's impossible for him not to be a top five quarterback in the NFL in the next three oh, or five yeah. years. You can see it from day one. You can see it from day yeah. one with him. Uh, number four, I got Aaron Rodgers, mainly because, it, you know, it was an injury-riddled season for him. But when he's healthy, look, I tell you like this, man, there's only a certain amount of quarterback that I would literally pay to go watch just because and Aaron Rodgers is one. Okay. Yep. And he and is one. Yep. Yep. Yo, his arm, because it's not – he doesn't have, like, a cannon arm like a, like a Cam or a Matthew Stafford, but it's strong. It's, it, it, and it's precise. And it's, yep. crazy. And, and, and it's with a flick of the wrist. Because you see when Cam puts, like, mustard on it. It's like, damn, he loaded that thing and he let it go and it shot out of a cannon. And, and, and you see the velocity on the ball. But a, a, a lot of Aaron Rodgers' best passes are deep passes that he puts pepper on it, but it's, like, perfect in the bread basket, over the shoulder. Like, uh, like you know, Aaron Rodgers is just that guy with the arm. Um, my number three, Drew Brees. Uh, I think the top three. I, I, look, look. There's there's a top three of quarterbacks in the NFL, and for the next two three years, I, I you know I don't know if that's gonna change. Peyton Manning, number one. Tom Brady, number two. Drew Brees, number three. Um, you know I'm I'm not gonna go into everything. Drew Brees had an off year as well. Uh, Tom Brady didn't have nothing like always, and he still produced. And Peyton Manning just showed you why he's the greatest regular season quarterback ever. Okay, okay. Um, <clears throat> before I get into mine, man, um, the one quick question I want to throw out to you guys: Did you find it, if you, especially if you put them in order, did you find it to be somewhat difficult after you got past like one or two or three or something like that? Nope, not at all. Okay, not at all. Okay, cool, cool. Um, for me, man, I'm going. <clears throat> With, with, with this list right here, I mean, them putting Russell Wilson at five, I kind of had a problem with that. Because I, I don't think, and I think Russell, and, and I hate when people say, well, Russell Wilson's a great game manager. Uh, he's, he's a damn good quarterback. He's a damn good quarterback. Um, I've seen people put Colin Kaepernick in the top five. Uh, not yet. Um, maybe in a few more years. Not yet. Um <clears throat> Great athlete, phenomenal athlete. Um, here's my top five, man. I, I'm gonna go, and I know I'm gonna catch some flag for this. At five, Tony Romo, Eli Manning. What's that? Hey man, you know what, man? <laughs> hey Eli Manning, Kyle, man. What you smoking, man? Hey man, what Eli can play. That pixie dust. Eli at five. At four, I'm going to go Aaron Rodgers. Um, I love Aaron Rodgers' game. I just – he is, like like you said, people, man, he's one of those guys, man, if, if I got to go pay watch him, I, I will go pay to watch him play because he just – he makes the right throws. And he's he's not careless with the ball. And I think that's, that's something that, you know, for as much talk as – was about his predecessor Brett Favre. You know, Aaron Rodgers takes care of the ball, man. He doesn't make a lot of he he, he doesn't make a lot of mental mistakes. Um, 
Three, I'm going Drew Brees, Cool Brees. Um, I like Cool Brees in spite of the fact that the team that he plays for, um, I can't stand. Um, <clears throat> Brees is a phenomenal quarterback. Uh, two, I'm going <laughs> – shit. <laughs> two, I'm getting choked up over here. Um, it's hard to, between one and two, and y'all know I'm going Brady Manning. But it's – two, I'm going to go Brady, but Brady isn't that far behind Manning. I'm, I'm going to put it like that. I know Manning had – he set all the records and all of that stuff like that, but Brady's a bad boy, man. As, for much, as much as I don't like the Patriots – I love watching Tom Brady play, especially when he's not playing against my team. I love watching him play. I think he's a phenomenal quarterback. Um, Peyton Manning is my number one. Now, for me, as I mentioned to you guys, I think when it – one through three was – well, actually, one through four was pretty easy for me. Um, picking five was kind of difficult. <laughs> picking Eli. I think Eli's going to bounce back, but I think Eli, Ben Roethlisberger – um, you know, some way throw Luck in there, Cam Newton in there. Uh, some will throw Phillip Rivers. I'm not as big on Phillip Rivers as most people. I, now, don't get me wrong, I like Phillip Rivers, the person. I think he's a great quarterback, but he's he's kind of suffered. But he he like he had a great year last year, but these last three or four years he was terrible. But I mean, no fault of his own. He just his team was just terrible. But um. Yeah, man, I, I'm, Eli's my five, man. That, that's my five. Eli's running my five. And I, it could be some little bias here, I'll, I'll admit, but, I mean, I like Eli. I think then this year with Eli getting a brand-new receiver, I think you'll see Eli Manning bounce back. Now, he threw a gazillion interceptions last year, but um, watch what Eli Manning. <laughs> my man McAvoy in the it, chat room said Eli Manning sucks. Um, watch something that bounce it, back it, next it, year, man. Uh-huh. Hey Kyle, is it, is, I saw a stat, and I don't know if this is why you put them up there, but they they show like the, I think since like 2008 or 2007, the most the QBs with the most fourth quarter comeback wins. <laughs> Eli Manning was number one. I, you know, number B, one. I did not know that. Yeah, he I was did number not one. Know it, that. It, it was it was I think I want to say it was either from like 2007 or eight, and they showed the most quarterback with the most fourth quarter comeback. He was number one, and like Tony Romo was number two. And I was like, wow. Oh, like, you know, Romo was number two. Eli was number one, and Romo was number two. And I'm like, wow. Like, it's certain. Ah, it's crazy, like, stuff you forget about or, like, we don't pay attention to. And, like, look. But it's like, okay, Romo did it, but he didn't do that in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? It's like, Man. He, don't got no, he don't got no playoff wins to back up being number two right, most right, right. comeback wins. You know what I'm saying? So, like, just stuff like that you forget about. <laughs> Remember that argument I had, and I was trying to tell y'all, man, Romo, yes, the intangible, the the, the the key wins in critical moments are not there. But statistically, Romo, man, oh, Romo, yeah. especially I, in the fourth I quarter, I argue with FIFO, I believe, I agree, for yeah. damn, yeah. I was about this shit. I'm hyperbole there, but, man, Romo, man, that. You know, he, yeah, he got the tangible. He's there. He got. He, he, he definitely got the tangible. I completely agree. You, you, you know what? Look, look, look. This, this, this is the thing with quarterbacks, and I guess Ken just never understands it. But when I see it, I know it, and I just have to break it down to him. And and it just has to happen for him to just grasp. Just the same thing like yeah. I told with Matt Schaub. Matt Come Schaub. On. He's he's talented, just like Romo. Look, Romo's more talented than Schaub. But it's not 
if you make mistakes, it's when you make mistakes, Ken. And I never, I, look, I give Tony Romo all the props in the world. He's nice, good quarterback. You know what I'm saying? If the top five and my top five are gone, it'd be hard not to pick him, you know, in, in, in the next tier quarterback. But this dude makes the most inopportune turnovers. Yeah. Yeah. Most inopportune. And that's why I can never put him top five. Is he a top five talent? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, I'm, I'm not questioning that. If we take away interceptions, fumbles, turnovers, and all of that, we're almost top three in my opinion. But when we factor all of that in, that pushes him more like 12 to 15 to me. Just basically yeah, it, it's very inopportune, and, I'm, and I'll be the first to admit, and that's one of the things about being on this show. I have to, being the host, I have to be impartial. But anybody that knows me personally knows that I hate the Dallas Cowboys. Like, I hope that me Dallas too. goes 0-16 every year, and I hope everything bad that ever happens to any franchise happens to the Cowboys. But that being said, if I look at them objectively, Romo is a very good quarterback. He's mm-hmm. a lot better than people give him credit for. And yeah. I, I don't even I don't even know if you can blame Romo for half the stuff that goes bad in, in Dallas. I think it's you know starts and ends with their owner, but that's another story for another day. But um, but like people said, man, it's just the turnovers is just so inopportune, man. Like we remember that game last year when they had when they were playing against Denver, a shootout. They were having a shootout in Texas Stadium. Romo and Manning are going back and forth. I think Manning threw for like six six touchdowns, I think. And Romo had him on the ropes, man. He had he was driving and he. Throws, throws an interception with, like, 50 seconds left in the game. I mean, phenomenal game. I think Romo might have thrown for, like, 400 yards that game. I don't have the stats in front of me. But, you know, what we remember is the fact that Dallas had a chance to win the game, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, Denver was undefeated at the time, and Romo throws an interception at home and they lose. You know, so that's just – he's got bad luck. I don't know what it is. You know, he's just – but he's, he's a good quarterback. I think he's a good quarterback. Now, you, you guys may chastise me for putting Eli at five, but Ken cannot chastise me when he put Matthew Stafford at five. At least Eli's got two rings. Come on, Ken. And 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 two terrible years of, of okay. football. You you know, we're, we're talking about right now, pal. Yeah, and, right uh, now. And you know what? Man, you know what? Man, man, you crazy. Man, Stafford the life of the field all over Eli. Eli, Eli, Eli can't even compare to, to Matthew Stafford, man. Um, but look, man. Hey, let, let's, 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 let's say let's save this this piece right here that he's this rant he saved. Let's save this. Go ahead, keep talking. Let's I don't want to mark this down. Talk about putting people putting Russell Wilson as the top five quarterback in the NFL. Are they freaking serious? Just because the guy game managed his way to a Super Bowl win, just because the guy got lucky because everybody stopped playing on an offside play and he managed to score a touchdown and come back, just because Colin Kaepernick finally proved to everybody that he was what I said he was when he turned yeah, the ball yeah, over. Yeah, we right about him. Off that game. Now all of a sudden Russell Wilson is a top five quarterback in the NFL. Am I the only one that got an issue with that? Um, no, he's not. He's not top five. He's top oh, he's five, not top five. They but I think what happens is people say five. that he's a game manager, and I think people have talked about this before about the differences between a quarterback and when people, you know, I guess when you my thing is when you call a guy a game, and I think people may have said this before 
You call a guy a game manager, what you're telling me is that you don't believe that he can go out and throw for 330 yards and three touchdowns on a Sunday. What you're telling me is that his defense basically saves him. He throws for 150 yards, you know, for, you know, a couple of, you know, he doesn't turn the ball over. Exactly. Like Trent, like Trent, Trent Dever was like, a great green game manager because he had the best was. defense that we probably ever seen. And, and, and the thing, I think the biggest definition of a game manager is somebody that can't win you the game when you need them to win. Because let's right. be honest, the first, the first series is pretty much scripted. You know what I'm saying? And 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 obviously quarterbacks have, you know, uh, um, different. Different rules that they have to do for their team to be successful. Russell Wilson isn't asked to come out here and try to throw 25, 30 times a game. That's just not his role. But within his role, is he great at his role? And the difference with Russell Wilson is, is, hey, we're down. We need some big plays. Can you make those plays? He can make that. I can't say the same for Alex Smith. You know what I'm saying? Minus last year. You know, but with their friend, he was the ultimate game manager. You already knew they got down by three touchdowns. Game was a wrap. Game's a wrap. And that's mm-hmm. the difference. Great quarterback, he could be down 30 points. 30, and, and they could make a comeback. You know what I'm saying? Like, to me, 20 points in the fourth quarter, Peyton Manning's done it. He came back from 28, which is a record in, in Tampa at the Bucks. You know what I'm saying? Tom Brady, we even have to go there. Joe Montana, the greatest, they come back. It doesn't matter what happens in the game. You give me the ball with two or three possessions, oh, game's not over. But mm-hmm. a game manager, man, come on, man. That nigga is throwing five yard outs. Two or three possessions. <laughs> so, so you oh, think Russell man. Wilson can, can, can do that for you? You said what? And so, based on some of the situations you just. You just um, mentioned, you think Russell Wilson can, can overcome the adversity in those situations? Yes, I, I think he has the talent to. Um, him personally, I, I don't think they have the wide receiving core or things like that. Because, okay, and, and even in what I just said, there's certain quarterbacks that make uh, the players around them better. You know what I'm saying? Like the top three plus Aaron Rodgers, the top four quarterbacks in the league, they do that. Like, it don't what? Hey. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. No, I wasn't saying what to you. I was saying what Q Q. Uh, I saw Q tweeted Russell Wilson oh. is top plus QB. Yeah, I, I think Q's probably oh, drinking what Q, whatever yeah, Q, I, whatever uh, Cannon's drinking tonight. Yeah, top look, three plus Ru- QB. Russell is a game manager, but not because he's limited as a football player. You know what I'm saying? I just think that that's what right. Seattle needs him to right. do. Just play right, within right. the game that, plan, bro. We gonna win. I agree. I completely agree with that, Steve. I was just gonna say that he just he plays within that system. Mm-hmm. And Seattle want him to do exactly what he wants to do. Go out there, don't turn over the ball, and and bam, that's what he does. Yeah, <laughs> so, and, and, and pretty much that's every that's every quarterback and every quarterback coach, right? Yep. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like like don't turn over the ball. Score as many points as possible. Run the plays we call and, and read the field and make the adjustments when need be. That's it. Yep. That, yep. That's what every quarterback and head coach and offensive coach and quarterback coach, that's all they say. That's all they preach. But it, it's just that in Seattle, we're based around running. They don't have three great wide receivers. You know what I'm saying? They, they, mm-hmm. they don't have that type of wide receiving core. They don't have a tight end to split down. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't have all of that. They have a running game and they have a defense. You know what I'm saying? But you can't tell me that if Russell had 
two or three. It, you can't tell me if Russell Wilson was with the Atlanta Falcons, we wouldn't do as good, if not better. Right. What? Whoa, 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 whoa. Q, Q said, y'all going to act like Russell ain't turned up on Atlanta. One game don't make you top of the game. Yeah, one game doesn't make you. I think, yeah. I think what people have to understand is, you know, and, and that's the thing that I love about this debate. And I mean, really, we, we could have taken this to video, to be honest. <laughs> I think what, what makes this debate good is that, you know, for so long we were told that the prototypical quarterback should look this way he should throw this way. He should do this. He shouldn't scramble. And we've seen guys that have come through and changed the, you know, even a guy like Michael Vick. And I'm not putting Michael Vick in the top ten before you start sending me tweets and emails. <laughs> um, <laughs> but at one point in time, you know, he he changed the game. He made some comments a few weeks ago about revolutionizing the, the quarterback position. And to a degree, he has. Uh, and then you yep. see with guys like Colin Kaepernick and Cam Newton yep. and, and Russell yep. Wilson and even Andrew Luck, who's very – you know, who was very fast and very mobile. He's not really a scrambler, scrambler, but and even a guy like watch Aaron Rodgers play. Aaron Rodgers will run when he has to, and yeah. he will. Yeah. You know, he's not going to run for a lot of years. And he's more importantly, Andrew Luck. I mean, excuse me, um, uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to slide when he has to because he's not going to let you get a shot yeah. on him. Um, exactly. So it's just really, I think, really, it's about to to some degree. You know, like what we like as far as our styles. I think uh, we all can appreciate. Uh, you know what Manning and, and and Brady do on a week-to-week basis, but you know my question is, especially for some of the younger quarterbacks, for that Andrew Luck, minus the Andrew Luck, but I think guys like Cam, guys like Kaepernick, guys like Russell Wilson, you know, like like people said, if you give them the ball and said, hey, today I need you to go, I need three fifty and three touchdowns, no picks, can you do that? Or if I say, you know, I need you to take me eighty yards with no timeouts left. To, for for the to set up for the field goal, can you do that? That type of thing. I think that what you know ultimately defines what we think of what a quarterback should and shouldn't be. Wait a minute. I just need ahead. some clarity. Something. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. FIFO, <laughs> are you saying that you can replace Russell with Matt Ryan with Russell Wilson and Atlanta would still receive the same amount of production? I, I think I misheard. I don't know if I heard you correctly. So I, I <laughs> yeah. think that Matt Ryan you know that, Wilson comment. Yeah, that, 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 that's what I said. I, I, I said that you can swap <laughs> out Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson <laughs> and the Falcons. I, I, <laughs> look, I'm not saying that. I, look, can, pay, pay attention. Listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I said the Falcons as a team would be just as good, if not better. I'm not saying that he's going to amass Matt Ryan type of production because Matt Ryan is a different type of quarterback. All of these quarterbacks are different, and you have to suit what they do best. And I'm not saying that he's going to get Matt Ryan production. What I am saying is that the Falcons are going to be just as good, if not better. You are absolutely crazy right now. <laughs> There's no way in hell you believe that. Russell Wilson is a byproduct of that Seattle defense and Marshawn Lynch. He's not asked to you do crazy. as much, man. Oh, my God. Okay, okay, okay. He has things. Russell Wilson is a special player because he has certain things that you can't coach, and that's what makes special players special, bro. He has certain things that Matt Ryan will never be able to do. 
Matt Ryan has a bench without a defense. He would have beat San Francisco if they had a defense. He barely beat Seattle because he didn't have a defense. And I feel you. Wilson won't win. Oh, my God. (laughs) You're killing me right now. Let's let's go to the next topic. Oh man, three four seven two. I'm about to get myself on number six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Let's jump into a, a controversial topic, man. Um, uh, Tony Dungy, uh, former head coach of the uh, Indianapolis Colts, uh, very uh, well respected around the league, uh, made some headlines uh, here a couple of days ago. Um, he was asked about. Um, Michael Sam, the uh, defensive end slash linebacker who is openly gay, who was drafted by the St. Louis Rams in uh, this past April's NFL draft. He was drafted in the seventh round. Uh, Tony Dungeon made some comments. He said he would not have taken Michael Sam. Uh, he said because he wouldn't want to deal with the circus, you know, that surrounds Michael Sam. Now everybody knows that Michael Sam is gay, and everybody knows that Tony Dungy is. A devout Christian, and we're not going to get into you know what what you religiously believe in because this ain't church. <laughs> but the question I have: um, be was he being honest or hypocritical? Beasy. Oh, I guess Beasy. Okay. Yeah, okay, it's call drop. Beasy, call back in. Oh, there he is. I, I'm I'm in. I'm in. Can you, okay, can you okay, hear? yeah. I, I just said call drop me. Yeah. I said call popular. Okay. Oh. So did you did you yeah. hear the question? Yeah, I heard the question. I heard the question. Okay, yeah, so I was heard. was he being hypocritical? Or was he just being honest? I think he was just being honest because, like, I, I think he was just saying what a lot of other coaches was probably thinking, but didn't want to say. You know. Um, okay. Because, like, like he said, he said he didn't. It wasn't because of his sexual preference. He just didn't want the circus to go along with that. You know, I guess mm-hmm. he just didn't want to be put up. You know, if he was a coach, if he was coaching this league, I think he wouldn't have drafted just the fact that he said, oh, man, if I draft him, then, you know, bam, I'm going to have all this press at my camp. I'm going to have all this press at, you know, blah, 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 all these interviews, all this, that. And I, and I think he just looked at it as it would have been too much distraction going on with, his, you know, with the staff and his players. So I think just from a coaching standpoint, like I said, I think he was just saying what the other maybe 31 coaches were probably thinking, like, oh, shit, damn, thanks, Dungeon. I was thinking that, too. I didn't want to draft, you know, uh, because of that. So I just think, I think flat out, I think he was a speak. Yeah, he was being honest. I don't think he was, he was, you know, fronting or nothing like that. Um, yeah, and I, I kind of agree with him. I, I kind of see where he's coming from because, like, you know, I don't want no circuits like that if I'm a draft player. But you know, it, it got to be someone got to take a chance at something. So you know, he, uh, yeah, I, I just think he was being blatantly honest and he was just speaking what the coaches were thinking. <laughs> That's why it was. I, I bet it was a lot of coaches that was like, "Whew, yeah, you ain't never lied, Tony Dunn." <laughs> what about you, uh, uh, FIFO? Was he was he being hypocritical or was he just being honest? I think he was just being honest. You know, I think that there's some coaches that don't like all of the hoopla and and you know extra uh, media attention that comes with you know certain players, polarizing players. Because mm-hmm. by him coming out, you know, before the draft, he became a polarizing player in the NFL. Uh, you know, obviously the Jets. They, 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 they have first-hand experience with the whole Tim Tebow thing. I think certain right. organizations are more adept to handling that because after the Jets, where did Tebow go? He went to New England, and it wasn't right. all of that media attention. You know, um, some coaches can handle that. They can curtail that. Or some coaches don't want to deal with it at all. 
And knowing if, if, if you watch football, you know the type of head coach Tony Dungy is, maybe mm-hmm. because it is because of his Christian values that he doesn't like all of that attention. I don't think that he doesn't like Michael Sam as a football player or even as a person. It's just that I don't want to deal with it, and I don't even want to have to control it, so I won't even draft it. What? Why? If that's not what I want to deal with. So I just think people are just trying to take something and just spurn it into, you know, the media is just doing what media does. Um, obviously, we're media as well, so we're covering right. it. But, oh, man, let, 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 let's throw some common sense to this. Look at Tony Dungy's background. Look at the type of coach he is. He's not rah-rah. He, he doesn't want to deal with all of that, man. He want to get in there, get his edges and O's. Make sure everybody's on the same page, and, 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 and let's get the job done. And that's it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to deal with that. So I think that's really where he was coming from. What about you, Ken? Uh, was was he being hypocritical, or was he just being honest? I think everybody needs to have a seat, uh, to be perfectly honest. People are so damn sensitive these days, man. Look, before you write, Tony Dutchie, man, Tony Dutchie is, is, is an old man who ain't got time to be dealing with all of that stuff. They just want to come in, get to work, and, and, and go home and focus on trying to win uh, a, a Super Bowl ring. And all of the extra stuff that comes with Michael Sam is it, it, something that as a culture and as an organization that he didn't feel like dealing with. That's that man's personal choice. I don't think it's right. critical. It's about him trying to make the decisions that best for the organization on what they needed to win. And if he felt like drafting him would be a distraction because of the media attention, which is what obviously the man was talking about, then, yeah, he has every right to say so. And everybody else just needs to sit the hell down. I don't know why everybody's so sensitive about every single thing. You know what? People pick apart every single statement, man. People are acting like there is not some semblance of fact to what... Um, Tony Dungy said. But instead of acknowledging that, they want to sit here and, and look at his past and say, oh, he's a hypocrite. Oh, look what he had to do with with, uh, with, with Michael Vick. And wasn't that a media circus? And this, that, and the other and stuff. And you know what? How about this? How about maybe because of that, maybe uh, Tony Dungy was like, you know what? That was a little much than I had to deal with, than I wanted to deal with at the time. And because of that, maybe I don't want to deal with that again, you know, in the future. So maybe he learned from that. I don't know. All I know is the man, if he's running a thing, he's focused on winning, and he don't want to deal with some outside distractions that would come with that. Or maybe he saw the circus that was Tim Tebow, and he was like, you know what? I ain't got to deal with that. Or maybe he's seen the circus that is Johnny Menzel this year, who hasn't stepped him well. He's been practicing now. And he said, or... Maybe I don't want to deal with that. What's wrong with the man saying, you know what, I wouldn't draft him, not based on what his sexual preference is or isn't, even though he didn't say that and there were no follow-up questions, and not because of his talent, but because for this organization, I don't want to deal with the distraction. Society mm. has bigger problems than a man saying that he didn't want to deal with that. How about the bigger problem is the fact that society is making this into a big thing in the very first place. If society had, didn't have a problem with, with, with gay people the same way they had a problem with, with black folks, you know, back in the day, then maybe it wouldn't be a distraction. And maybe Michael Sam could come in the NFL and work out for a team and make the team and play 
uh, football like he wants to without having to deal with all the extra stuff. So there's a bigger issue um, to be had here, Not for, and, and, and that's what we need to look at. How about we just keep the, you know, just move on as a culture. And if this is what Michael Sam is doing and, 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 and the St. Louis Rams are able to actually make that happen and make us evolve as a culture in 2014, then by golly, let us do that. And if Tony Dungy don't want to take him any back, then okay, so be it. But the fact is, it's a bigger problem at bay. And Tony Dungy was like, you know what? I don't want to deal with it. And I'll let somebody else deal with it. And I don't have a. You know what, man? I, 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 I disagree with all three of you. Um, <laughs> and there's been a lot of accusations of drinking tonight, but I think you all been drinking tonight. Um, here, here's my take. I think he's being very, and, and, and let me preface my comment by saying I love Tony Dungy. I've, I've always been a, a huge Dungy supporter. Uh, still will continue to support Tony Dungy. At this point, nothing that happens in sports really surprises me. I was, excuse me, shocked me. I was, I was a bit surprised that he said it. I mean, I understand the context of what he was being asked the question. At the same time, I think you could give your, you know, give a politically correct answer. Then again, to Ken's point, maybe that's part of our problem because everybody's giving politically correct answers. That being said, where I have a problem is is that if Jadavion Clowney, who was the, you know, one of the top picks in the draft, if he were gay. Nobody would make a fuss about this. If Michael Sam had not told us that he was gay, he wouldn't have fallen to the seventh round. Now, you know, there's a huge question as to whether or not he'll make the team, but I think he probably would make the team and probably would have gotten drafted in the third or fourth round had he not told the world he was gay. And I, don't, and I have a problem with that. I, you know, and I'm not... I just have a problem with that, and I understand what he meant about the circus that surrounds it, but Tony Dungy also understands, too, that as a man, as a black man, as a coach, he got an opportunity from an organization in the Pittsburgh Steelers to become an assistant coach in 1981. Now, I'm not, before you start saying, well, okay, well, you, you can't compare somebody black to somebody gay because you can hide gay, you can't hide black. I hear you already. What I'm saying is, is that Dungy had that opportunity. What would have happened if nobody, if the Steelers organization didn't give him that opportunity? I think you got to look a little bit past that, past the other stuff. What if the Steelers said, okay, well, we don't want to deal with the surface of having a black coach on our, on our coaching staff? Or what if, back in the day, the Brooklyn Dodgers had said, okay, well, we don't want to deal with the surface of, of uh, putting Jackie Robinson on our team, then, you know, we, we, we won't deal with this. Because trust me, that circus was a whole lot worse than the circus that he's going to face, Michael Sam is going to face when the training camp opens for the St. Louis Rams. Hold on, let me finish. Let me finish. Let, My let point finish that I'm making is that while Dungy is entitled to his opinion, he's very respected, I think he probably, to avoid the quote-unquote controversy, he probably should have just kept, gave him a PC answer and kept it moving. But at the end of the day... I think this is about Michael Sam, and people don't want to see this. Let this dude, this dude, and Michael Sam is not chopped liver. This dude was the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. The SEC Defensive Player of the Year. He's not a bum. He can play. Don't get it twisted. He's not. They didn't draft him just because he's okay. He can play. I just think that I think they're taking this way too far, and I don't think that Michael Sam has done anything wrong. If that's what he wanted, hey man, do what you do. I, I could care less. Car. 
as a as a teammate, all I want you to do is show up on Sunday and play ball. Go ahead. I guess you really be drinking, you really be smoking. If you know, <laughs> you know exactly what I'm saying. Same song. We got eight I minutes. got Same you. Yo, look, first, first, first of all, first of all, you're 100% right. If Javion Clowney came out and said he was gay, would there be media attention? Of course. Would he still go number one overall? Of course. Why? Because he was the best talent in the damn draft. And right. sometimes you take on that media, that extra attention, because the player is worth it. Michael Sam is not worth it. And while I agree he is not top liver, he was the best player of the year in the SEC. Who, who was the number one overall pick and what division did he play in? He also played in the SEC, and he was not the defensive player of the year. It, 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 it is what it is, uh, Kyle. Sometimes you could be a great collegiate player. It doesn't necessarily mean you translate to the NFL of course. at the same of course. rate, right? Okay, so so you're giving them accolades. Let's break that down and, and put it into reality. Just because you won SEC Defensive Player of the Year doesn't mean that you're the best defensive player coming out of college. Oh, no all question. Right? I agree with that okay. totally. So, so, all right. So with that being said, Michael Sam, in my estimation, is not worth the media attention to some organizations or some head coaches. Now, Jadavion Clowney, I guarantee you all 30 teams will still be interested in him regardless of he would have came out and said, yo, I'm part alien. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter because his talent far outweighs all of the extra media attention. Well, my, but, his, my, but my thing is this: mm-hmm. had had he not come out, I don't think that one there would have been, there would have been no fuss about it. But I don't think that yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's not. A seventh round pick isn't worth the fuss and the hassle, and you know, possibly you know having a reality show with Oprah and all of this stuff like that. I get that. A seventh round pick. My point is is that if he doesn't come out, which he's more than more than entitled to do, if he didn't come out. He's a third round pick. And we're not even having Who this discussion. Oh, you huh? yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. No, no, no. No, 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 no. There's no way there's no way you could tell if you go to NFL dot com and, and read the combine notes from his workouts and stuff like that. He was he has positive, he had negative. Basically, Michael Sam is a tweener. He's in, in college he could play defensive end. At the pros, he's too small to play defensive end, not quick enough to play linebacker. So he's, you know, he's has to, he's going to have to find his way and find his niche on a team. But that doesn't mean he's, that he's not going to make the team. And it's still up in the air whether or not he will make the team. And I personally and I I think the Rams are going to keep him. Huh? I, and, and I feel you because he fits what the Rams do because they already have pass rushers. So situationally, right. oh, they got a squad. Rams have a squad. Exactly, especially defensively. So, so he, so I think he could find a roster spot there. But you can't tell me that he's a third round pick. He's not a third round pick. I think at best fifth, sixth round. And really, is that much better than seventh round? Man, look, I, I think you're giving them too much credit. And then to the point that you were making of Tony Dungy giving an, getting an opportunity. Man, let's be honest. First of all, the media was not going now, now, now. I agree with that point if the Steelers made Tony Dungy the first blackhead coach back in the 80s. I give you that. An assistant coach. Man, the, the news, man, they probably wrote an article about it and probably kept it moving. No, 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 no. Trust me, as somebody who was watching football in 1981, that was huge news. 
I mean, the fact that we okay. have an NFL, we have quarterbacks now. We, they just Colin Kaepernick is just a quarterback. Cam Newton is just a quarterback. I remember the NFL when if you were a black quarterback, they referred to you as the black quarterback. You know what? Doug Williams, the only quarterback, only black quarterback to win a Super Bowl. They asked him the week of the Super Bowl, "How long have you been a quarterback, a black quarterback?" He was like, uh, yeah. "All my life." But but that, right. that's kind of the, but that's kind of the point, Cal, is, is that there was a circus around it, you know, with the feeling, and they chose to take that on. But when you make that point, I have to also point out the obvious. What about the tons of black people that didn't get a chance? To 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 uh to be picked, you know what I'm saying? Because of people that felt like Tony Dungy, that didn't feel like the organization, that didn't feel like um um dealing with the circus that would come with with uh, having a, a black coach or having a black player. But somebody has to take that risk off. Whether it's one player, organization, or coach, or organization that's willing to take it on, there are countless numbers that are not, and those are the reasons why. So it, I don't. I don't think it's different. To say Tony Jones got a, got a got a shot, so everybody else gets a shot. I think we have to look at the other teams that didn't give him a shot. And the also. debate rages on. You're listening live to Dead End Sports. We got about three uh-huh. minutes left, and let's jump. Into, we haven't done this in a while. Let's jump into our closing statements. B, I'm gonna throw it to you, man. What what's your closing statement for this evening? Um, closing statement is this one kind of touched home for me. Um, I have I didn't watch all the essays, but I did watch Stuart Scott's um, speech mm-hmm. uh, for he got the, the Jimmy V Award. And, you know that's dealing with cancer. You know cancer is a is a, is a touchy subject for me because uh, my mother passed away from cancer. So seeing yeah. his speech and you know dedicating his speech to his daughter, I, I thought that was awesome. I thought I, if I didn't watch the essays, I'm glad I caught Stuart Scott's speech because I feel like that was the only thing I need to watch was Stuart Scott's uh, Jimmy V. Uh, cancer speech because he's been he's been battling cancer for seven years so you know pray for him hope hope he can fight through it and, and pull it off so I just I, I really love that speech it hit home for me definitely 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 what about you V for any closing statements um man look got ninety seconds you want to know if you want to know what people are doing tiptoeing in my jaw. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, man. Ken, what about you? <laughs> what about you, man? I'm so, man, I'm so wound up, man. I don't know if I, re- I really have one other than I still, when I think about what people said on that video, and you got to go watch the video about Wade. You got to go watch the video to see what he said. It, it still just just ticks me off. I feel like yelling again. But anyway, watch the video. Subscribe to Dead in, uh, YouTube, Dead in Sports, and we'll see you in the comment section, man. Thanks, everybody, for, for listening. Damn. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. My, my, my final statement, man, um, it, it, I, I just got I'm, – I'm, I was happy, man, as a fan. Uh, this past weekend I got a chance to see uh, my favorite baseball player play live in person, uh, Derek Jeter, when took a, uh, caught a game at Yankee Stadium. Ten, I was probably about eight rows back from behind the home plate. Um, man, celebrate the, the, the great players when you get a chance to see them, man. So – uh, I tip my cat to, cap to you, Brother Jeter. Um, you know, I, I hope we can make the playoffs and, you know, see you play a little bit longer, but we'll, that remains to be. Um, that's going to do it for us for this week. Check out our, uh, our video on YouTube for Ken, for FIFO, for B. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. We'll holler at you next week. Peace. Peace. Disrespecting Wade. <laughs> you a Wade lover, man. <laughs>